KTSW Studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning, San Marcos, Texas. This is your Monday, April 10th edition of Bobcat Radio. We have a great show for you guys here today. I'm your host, Kobe Jackson. With me producing is my very own Joey Gonzalez and my two wonderful co-hosts, J.P. Flanagan and Orlando Smart. We got a good one for you today as we're going to be previewing Texas State baseball as they have an all-time get uh, all-time conference series and the preview of them playing UT today and tomorrow. Also, Texas State softball with a clean sweep against the Golden Eagles and also some national news. NBA playing tournament is, is officially set and also a little bit of the Masters recap. But before we get into anything, let's throw it to Orlando Smart for a word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, scenic views. Thank you, Orlando. And before we get started, I just want to give a little quick big shout out to my two loving and wonderful twin sisters. They turned 23 officially today, so I want to wish them a very wonderful happy birthday. Enjoy your day. I know it's been a real tough battle for both of them as they as one of them is battling MS. So, you know, I'm praying, always praying every day to make sure that she gets better and, you know, hopefully another stronger day and hopefully Another day of living. So I want to big happy birthday to Cameron and Kalisa. I love y'all. Hope to see you soon. Happy but, birthday. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday. All righty. Let's go and dig right into it. Texas State baseball just came off of a conference series against the South Alabama Jaguars. They played a doubleheader on Thursday and the final game on Friday. The reason why is because obviously they're playing UT, which we'll dig in just a minute. But, I mean, they took one. They only won one game out of the series. So, I mean, I kind of want to hear you guys thoughts on you know how this uh, how this Bobcat team did over the weekend yeah and I mean I, I we were talking about it going into this weekend how crucial it would be to get these wins going into the Texas uh, weekend I mean this is a Texas team that you know has been playing hot and, and they probably had Texas State circled on their on their map because of what happened last year but but really just not not what you were expecting this weekend I know you know weather difficulties and stuff like that or actually this is a way but still um I mean this was a, a series you would like to have seen Texas State you know at least get two out of but uh but yeah, I mean, this is a South Alabama team that wasn't doing so great in conference. I mean, to slip up like this, uh, you know, you're going to have to make some improvements, especially when you're going up against a tough Texas team like the one this weekend. Yeah, they're going to have to make some adjustments, but it's really going to come down to pitching. Uh, you look at the only game that they won, Levi Wells went six innings. He gave up six hits, and he was able to uh, strike out three. And then Nathan Medrano came in and closed it out. And then you look at the other games, a little bit more of a struggle. The pitchers weren't able to go as long. The game on Thursday, I believe, they had five pitchers used. So that's going to be the name of the game, especially when you look at tonight. The, uh, Peyton Zabel, I would think, is going to be the starter for tonight's game. And the Bobcats need to find a way to get those pitchers to go deep because if it's anything like the game against Texas A&M last week, the Bobcats went through pitchers left and right, and it yeah. ended up being 10-9. to 9. So pitching, pitching, pitching for tonight. Yeah, Joey, that's a great point. Um, the the Bobcats really just they need to find someone uh, some success on the mound outside of Levi Wells. He's doing a a great job at um, being the starting pitcher and kind of getting the Bobcats off to a lead when he's on the mound. But other than that, like you mentioned, they're kind of struggling. So when this and then looking at the South Alabama team, that was a a team that wasn't 
playing that well. They like most of their conference wins. They only have five. Two of them have come against Texas State, so they have a losing record in conference. So that's like you said, JP. That's not really a team you want to lose games to, especially at this point in the season when you have a big te- like this Texas game coming up. Is I mean, we were saying before the game that it's a pretty big game, but before it, we didn't want to. We didn't want the Bobcats to look too far ahead and kind of. Um, overlook the South Alabama team, and that might be kind of what they did, especially after getting a win in that first game. They probably kind of, kind of let their foot off the brakes, going knowing that kind of just start may not let their foot off the brakes, but just kind of started focusing on, on that bigger opponent coming up. Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing y'all both noted is that pitching, I think, will be a big factor in this in this come in the next couple of days. So Texas State and the U, uh, University of Texas Longhorns will be playing each other tonight. And tomorrow as well. And the one thing I do kind of want to know is that both, if you remember last year, both of these teams split the series last year. So Texas State, UT came in here and won in San Marcos. And then obviously the following day, Texas State obviously won against the number one team in the country last year. And with the significant Tristan Stivers, Horns Dow, they'll forever be significant into Texas State Bobcats history. So, but I mean, just going, just look, just going off of that, I think that has a lot of motivation for both of these teams because they both remembered what happened last year. And, you know, possibly these teams are possibly looking to repeat that same thing. Yeah, I mean, motivation for the players, but motivation for the fans. Sold out game for tonight. That game can also be caught right here on KTSW. But I just want to talk about, we've been talking about the pitching. The offense, the last time this team scored less than four runs in a game was March 24th. So this team, they can score runs. We've seen it against the ranked teams, just like how the softball team does. They can compete against any team in the nation. We saw it against TCU over spring break. We saw it against A&M. We saw a high-scoring affair against Coastal Carolina, which is a really good team. So it's not the offense. It's just the, the defense needs to find a way to get stops. But I think... It's going to be, I think they're going to come out with a lot of energy, especially with the crowd that is going to be inside of Bobcat Ballpark tonight. Yeah, I mean, you hit it nail on the head, Joey. I mean, it just seems like whenever the lights are brighter, the team plays better. I mean, it does, I'm not really sure what like what it is, but I mean, when the better teams come to town or whenever these teams get to play, you know, the top-ranked opponents, they want to show what they got. And I feel like, you know, this is another opportunity for Texas State to say, you know, hey, you didn't didn't do the, like the best series against South Alabama, but, you know, put your best leg forward and can you knock off the number 19 team in the country, which is coming off a significant um, winning streak there, starting, uh, you know, the season not up to their expectations and then, you know, really rebounding and showing and fighting adversity and you know getting yourself back in the ranked position so I mean are you able to knock off a top 25 team and where you're gonna be able to see that tonight yeah I mean y'all made a lot of great points and just looking at this Texas team they are they're a big 12 team so as we know they've played a lot of a lot of the top ranked teams in the nation but if you just kind of look at what they've done against some of these teams it's they they haven't had much success against some of these top ranked teams other than um, sweeping the number 14 Texas Tech. They've lost pretty much every series or either gotten swept against every ranked opponent they've faced. And so the the Bobcats definitely have a chance to, to come in there. And ha- uh, well, not come in there because the first game is at home. So they have a chance to defend home plate tonight. And I feel like they definitely want to go do that because like you mentioned, Kobe, last season, the series was split one and one and both teams won away. So I'm guessing both teams will definitely be looking to – at least protect home their home field a lot more than they did last season because they while they do want wins they do want them at home in front of their fans because with the sold out crowd and like like you said Joey this this crowd is going to be behind them a hundred percent going crazy at Bobcat Ballpark so 
I mean, like the Bobcats definitely have a chance to make the upset because I mean, the with Texas being ranked, it just kind of. I mean, I feel like they're kind of ranked just based off reputation, and because I mean, if you look at their records, sure they they are a Big Twelve team, so they've played. I guess te- they've technically played harder opponents, but like mm-hmm. I said, they haven't had much success. But Tech yeah. UT is right now twenty three and ten um, with a six and three conference record, and the Bobcats are twenty and twelve with a six and six conference record. So they play more conference games for sure. So. I mean, I don't like this. This is and we've and the Bobcats have beaten actually beaten some of these ranked opponents that they've faced. So I mean, it'll be definitely be a great matchup. Yeah, absolutely. And I think honestly, I think we'll probably see a lot more fans this year than we did last year because last year we all knew the story. The Bobcats were on a crazy, crazy winning streak, beating number eleven ranked Arizona last year, and then obviously uh, beating uh, number one Texas in 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 UT. But I mean. This is going to be this is going to be honestly make or break for both of these teams because I think both of these teams have a lot to prove, especially coming into tonight's game and tomorrow. I think this will really set the tone and really define their season. So, but you can catch that game here. The first game will be tonight, April tenth, at Bobcat Ballpark. Our very own Kyle Owen, I believe, it's going to be Clint Shields on the call for that game tonight, and then you can catch the game also on. Uh, tomorrow on Tuesday on April 11th in Austin, Texas, you can catch that game on KTSW as well. But now we're going to take a transition into some Texas State softball as Texas State softball completed the sweep against the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. The first game, unfortunately, was canceled due to bad rainy, weather, rainy cold weather that we had this past weekend. But they played a doubleheader on Saturday. The first game they won with the score of 4-3. to And then the next game after that was a final score of 4-2-2. to so, I mean, just real quickly, guys, I mean, this Bobcat team, they're now officially 6-4-1 and one in conference. And, you know, with the momentum that they have right now, they have a chance to possibly, you know, kind of run the table here with the Sun Belt right now. Yeah, and then this was a team this weekend that you needed Texas State to, you know, really show up and play their best baseball or softball because this was a team that had lost 11 in a row, and then they were able to sneak a win in against Nichols State before the Texas State uh, matchup. So, yeah, I mean, great to see that the softball team was able to take care of business. I mean, this was a team that you didn't want to drop a conference game to, and they took care of it, and it, it's really impressive to see because this is a, a turning point in the season where, you know, you can't be dropping games to conference opponents if you're going to want to, you know, make a run later in the postseason. Yeah, definitely, JP. We were on the episode last week. It was just us two, and we kind of mentioned that we were mentioning how yes, uh, Southern Miss was on an eleven-game losing streak, except for that one win. They or they hadn't won a single conference game, so um, Texas State definitely didn't want to drop a game to them, especially coming off a a series sweep against Appalachian State. So. I mean, it's they just had they had momentum momentum built up and just uh, with the team that was performing as um, as poorly as Southern Miss was, it definitely was a good thing that the Bobcats were able to go in there and sweep the series. Shout out Tori McCann for the uh, the twelve strikeouts she had in on April. Tori McCann had twelve, I think, career high for yeah. her. So impressive because uh, that would definitely help for the Southern Miss win. Yeah, absolutely. But the softball team has another game tomorrow at Bobcat Ballpark against Sam Houston. You can catch that game at Bobcat Softball Complex at around 6 o'clock. But we're going to take a break, quick break when we come back and we'll get into the national sports. The Masters officially ended and also the NBA play-in tournament. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. 
Welcome back to Bobcat Radio here on Monday, April 10th here. So now we're going to go ahead and dig into the national side. Before we get into the NBA, a little bit of a golfing tournament that happened this past weekend, and that was the Masters. And the Masters, to me, it's one of the it's one of the hardest golf courses ever to be played on. That's why it's called the Masters for a reason. But, I mean, I, we were kind of talking about this before the show. I mean, the Masters is one of those events that you can ja- kind of just tune in and literally watch because I know previously I've watched Tiger Woods at least win two of his four of his uh what is it now five masters titles and i mean i mean the masters is always a wonderful event to have and we an official winner was a spaniard john rom as he finished tw- uh 12 under on the whole tournament right behind him was phil mickelson behind him was brooks kepka jordan spieth and patrick reese so now so i mean all masters cha- all former masters champions so i mean that's uh that's a pretty well-rounded top five if you ask me but i mean just looking over the weekend it was it was a really good weekend and i know people been talking about brooks kepka and how he so-called had a choke job but i mean phil mickelson just just climbed his way up to the you know the top two yeah i mean i definitely phil mickelson just proved he's still one of the i mean because he kind of struggled early on but yeah he definitely proved he's still one of the best definitely one of the best golfers of all time that's not even questionable but i'm glad you mentioned tiger woods because it kind of sucked to see him after withdrawal for after yeah. getting he like he said he re-injured i think it was plantar fasciitis yeah something in his foot i don't know how to pronounce that but uh <laughs> i mean and, and like he tiger woods actually has five masters so i mean it would have been great to see him still competing at this level but yeah shout out to the to the people who were, who were able to compete john rom with the win and just the rest of the guys for out there going out there and giving a great Masters. Yeah, I mean, it was a really impressive weekend from John Rahm. I mean, he really just played the most consistent. And what's crazy is that he actually started the round with a double bogey to mm-hmm. start the, the whole one. And he had, you know, mentioned the Zachary's comment that, you know, the first hole was looking pretty easy. And then he proceeds to double bogey the first hole. But, I mean, that just shows what the Masters about. I mean, he didn't put his uh, – I mean, he's put his best leg forward and put his head down and, you know, really got to work. And I think he played the most consistent throughout the weekend. I mean, Phil Mickelson was really, you know, not even in contention at, some po- at one point. And then he finished mm-hmm. the second day – or the final day with you know minus seven in the best 65 which is the best um that anyone over 50 has ever shot at the masters so i mean phil mickelson showing that he still got it but i mean john rom is now i think the sixth spaniard to ever bear the the green jacket and the 56 all-time winner to also get a green jacket so i mean he has played the best brand of uh, golf this weekend and it was really fun to watch i mean it, i as a i'm not a follower of golf that often but i mean i don't know if y'all have seen the full swing documentary on netflix yeah it really changed my mind about the sport of golf and it's really just so much more interesting to watch now knowing that like the drama that's intertwined with these mm-hmm. players and really what's up for grabs because i mean it's the you know 100 best golfers in the world yep. fighting literally for one jacket so i mean it's just like the ultimate competitor sport and it's, mm-hmm. it's so fun to watch i mean i'm really glad i got to catch this weekend's golf tournament yeah i'm glad y'all talked about phil mickelson i mean just to see the talent that he still has i mean he was able to put the ball so close to the pin from 150 200 yards out and then to put it within 10 feet of the cup was really impressive john rom with the victory moves into the number one in the world golf standings so I mean, he wasn't just going for a master's master's title; he was going for the number one spot. So he's able to take that back. And I mean, it's it was a good tournament, John Rom. And then you got to think the weather; they were playing over over eighteen holes. Yeah, I mean, no I'm kidding. sure it was a fatiguing day. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. I got a question: Do y'all's dads golf? 
Uh, no, but my, I do. My you dad do? doesn't. Yeah. No. Oh man, my dad golfs, and I'm trying to actually get. I want to start getting into it because yeah. I feel like that'd be some. It's like he loves it actually. Him and his friends all will go. They go on golfing trips and stuff. So <laughs> I was like, I want to start getting into it. I mean, eventually we're gonna lose our athleticism, and then what are we gonna <laughs> do? Guys? Like, we're gonna go like golf Joey, on Friday. Yeah, exactly, yeah golf man. after. Well, I mean, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle also Kyle also golfs as well. So I mean, he's he's a he's truly like a golfer anytime he you know gets the chance to. But one thing I do want to note is that. You know, Tiger Woods, we talked about him and, you know, talked about his, you know, his injuries and stuff. I know he's had bad, you know, has had back uh, back problems throughout his, really the late stages of late stages of his career. And, you know, people called him washed and stuff. But I mean, you know, I, I know that's I wouldn't say that's a sign of old age, but at the same time, you know, there's there's it's there are certain injuries that you just can't really come back from. Back injuries is one of them. Uh, I should know because you know my dad has unfortunately had you know back problems in his uh, in his at least in his early early stages of his life. Um, but I mean, going just looking at that, just looking at the future of golf in, in general, I think it's really in good hands. Because keep in mind, you know Tiger Woods' son Charlie Woods. I mean, that I mean he for him to be, I believe he's he's what 13, 14 years old and stuff for the most part. He's he's be at that. Young, yeah, yeah. yeah got to be up there, right? And you know he's playing almost just like how his father was when Tiger first bursted onto the scene. So I mean, I mean, I think golf is in good hands. And I think, you know, looking at Tiger and then looking at Charlie, I think, you know, I think Tiger wants his son to succeed a lot. And I think that's what the expectation is for him now as a father and stuff to make sure that he, you know, stays uh, focused on, you know, trying to let his son possibly succeed and possibly him get possibly gain one more title before he officially calls it a career and you know just you know hope for the best yeah i think tiger's still fighting for a lot right now he's uh tied with jack nicholas for uh, most um majors all time so i think that's something you know he's going to want to you know just get the one more you know past jack nicholas and really establish himself as the go if if anyone is a disbeliever that he isn't already the goat, he's a goat in my mind for sure Amen. yeah but i mean yeah he's still got a lot to fight for and i think there's you know, a little bit of time before we get to Charlie, because I mean, we got Scotty Scheffler, Jordan mm-hmm. Spieth. Mm-hmm. I mean, Roy Rory's still doing pretty good. Justin Thomas. So, I mean, yeah, as you mentioned, golf is in good hands and, until we get to the Charlie Woods era. And the crazy thing is, you made a lot of great points, Kobe, because golf is a sport to where, I mean, even, old age, while because golf is absolutely a sport and oh, stuff, 100%. it does and takes 100%. a lot of athleticism, but it's also a sport that you can play well into your old age. Like we just mentioned, Phil Mickelson is still out there killing it getting mm-hmm. i mean he's i mean like we said he struggled early on but he's still out there doing his thing and so i mean injuries do play a factor in but that's just it's something that can be overcome like with time just because it's a it's a game you can play well into your into your um curve like you can play up to an old age and mm-hmm. so he can play it'll it'll be it's a, but it's also a game that you can play at a very young age like oh, yeah. you see with charlie 100%. and even tiger when he came because he's been playing literally since he could hold a golf club yeah. and see we've known about the Tiger Woods, so it's it's just that's a it's a crazy game in in itself to where you can play from five to sixty five and still be a great player. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we hadn't even gotten to mention Sam Bennett. I know my my Texas A and M friends are just you know dying to probably hear that, but Sam Bennett, <laughs> Texas A and M grad, he's an amateur, but he had the best amateur round of anyone who's ever you know uh, been able to perform at the Masters. I think he was the only amateur this weekend to finish under par. So I mean, shout out to him. I mean, his story was great. Getting to see the the tattoo on his arm from his dad who had passed away, um, saying "Don't wait to do something." And I don't think he waited. He was uh, you That's know a good very quote. very in. Um, very inspirational in his opening rounds of the Masters and what he's done as an amateur and, and what he's going to continue to do. Um, I know a lot of a fans probably love to hear that. But 
Yeah, he didn't wait at all. I mean, he was in the he's in the top five after the first round had come to a conclusion. I mean, he was up there with the big names, and I was thinking, I was like, wow, I was like, we got a golfer from A and M in the top five, and not the hugest A and M fan, but I mean, I was rooting for him. I mean, to see to see such a young golfer up there fighting for the top spot, it was going for him. Fell out a little bit, but ultimately, congratulations to congratulations to him and. As y'all have been saying, we'll just echo it once again. What a great tournament it was this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Once again, big congratulations to John Rahm in winning the Masters tournament. Truly one of one of one of the best rounds of golf that he's played, obviously, in his career. And like I said, big shout out to Phil Mickelson because he was just climbing up the rankings and eventually tied for second in the Masters tournament. But now we're going to get into some NBA talk as the NBA regular season has officially ended. It ended officially yesterday. And let me just say there was a lot of interesting drama going on in the regular <laughs> se- in the last day of the regular season. But the play-in tournament is officially set. We're going to go ahead and start off on the East because I'm pretty sure, Orlando, we're going to say the West for last because I already know you have some words to say on that. But we're going to start off with the East. It is the no- number 7 seed Miami Heat, number 8 seed Atlanta Hawks, number 9 seed Toronto Raptors, and the number 10 seed Chicago Bulls so starting off with the Miami Heat and the Atlanta Hawks the winner of that game will face the Boston Celtics the number two team but I gotta ask you who kind of wins this one because to me I for for me personally I have the Hawks win I have the Hawks winning I have them beating Miami and uh, facing Boston I think the Miami Heat team is more set up to win a championship now I'm not going to say that they're capable I mean that they should win a championship but I think if you had to pick out of these bottom three teams here bottom four teams here they have the most dark horse you know kind of vibes that they're giving me mm-hmm. um, I, I think this is you know just a Jimmy Butler team that you know has expectations higher than just this play in tournament mm-hmm. and I, I'm kind of curious to see where these teams end up because I mean obviously they're gonna have to play the Bucks the Celtics or the 76ers so really the position matters here and it, I mean, it's going to be very interesting to watch because, I mean, with the new system, if the seven or if the eight beats the seven, the eight, you know, automatically gets in. And then the seven has to, you know, beat the nine or ten tw- uh, one time. But mm-hmm. if they lose the one, they have to also not lose another one. So mm-hmm. it's going to be very interesting to watch. I mean, I really think it just I think it's the heat, you know, who win this one. But I mean, it'd be really cool to see that one get mixed up, you know, and kind of mess with because they got to play the Bucks, the Celtics or the Sixers. So mm-hmm. I want I just want the best matchups in the first round, honestly. That's fair. I'm a, I agree with you, JP. I think the Heat will win um, this series. I think them being even in this position is kind of just uh, a factor of them kind of Jimmy Butler specifically kind of coasting through the regular season. I think he kind of flips the switch um, once the end of the season gets here and once the playoffs get here. So I think while the Hawks, I, they're they're a pretty good team for sure. Um, Trey Young and Dejounte Murray are a great backcourt, but I think Jimmy Butler just has that playoff experience. He's a player who's been to the finals. He's won playoff series, and Bam Adebayo is one of the best defensive players in the NBA. So I think the Heat will definitely win that one. Uh, and then in turn, I think the Bulls will definitely beat the Raptors. I think Jim, uh, not Jimmy Butler. He's on the on the Heat. I think that um, Zach Levine, <laughs> Zach Levine and, there you go. and um, DeMar. DeMar DeRozan will. I think they're just unstoppable offensively as well as. The just the backcourt the of uh, Caruso, Caruso and um, what's his, uh, Lonzo? Uh, Co- no, Lonzo. He's hurt. Patrick. Oh, he's that hurt. Sucks, that's right. But uh, Pat yeah, Patrick Beverly. They that defense right there is just that's a great defensive backcourt as well as Kobe White off the bench playing great minutes. So I think the Bulls and the Heat will be the ones who win the Eastern side. 
Okay. Yeah, Orlando, I'd agree with you, especially you talked about Jimmy Butler having that playoff experience. I mean, we saw how far he was able to take the heat in the bubble. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's got that experience um, against a Hawks team. I mean, that Hawks have been fighting adversity also this year. So it's going to be an interesting matchup, but I got the heat in that one. And then I think the Bulls also, they got a lot of star power on that team. DeMar DeRozan, I wouldn't say he's the best uh, playoff performer in the NBA, but uh, I think he's got enough to take this team out of the play and, and get them a spot in that in that final spot. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm actually going to retract my statement, and I regret it. I'm picking Miami instead of instead of Atlanta because I think the experience that Jimmy Butler has had in the playoffs will play a big factor in that. And I'm also taking the Bulls as well because, like y'all said, DeMar DeRozan and uh, you know Alex Caruso and Pat Bev, I think that's a really good combination to me, and I think the Bulls will kind of run the table with that. And now let's go ahead and dig into the West Western Conference playing tournament as the number seven seeded Lakers and number eight seed Minnesota Timberwolves. Number nine seed is the New Orleans Pelicans and number 10 seed Oklahoma City Thunder. So a little bit of a, well, before we get into that big shout out to Paxton, because Paxton is a big Dallas Maverick fan. And today he's probably just <laughs> mourning and lost and lost today currently because, you know, Mavericks were in the playoff. They were currently sixth in the West and just dropped all, all the way down to where they didn't even make the play in tournament. So, you know, just kind of want to give a shout out to Paxton there for his little, his little rant that he's had in the past few, a uh, few episodes of Claws to the Wall. Cause I know he's been, you know, really diehard fan for, uh, for the Dallas Mavericks, but just going off of the play in tournament, the Lakers have a chance to play the Memphis Grizzlies if they beat the Timberwolves. So, Orlando, I'm going to start with you because I know you're the only Laker fan really in the room here right now. Well, before that, the, the way the season ended last yesterday was kind of crazy. The Warriors, they uh, they scored like 157 points. More, uh, 40 like in against, the first quarter. Yeah, it was, they, it was 55 in the first yeah, quarter. Yeah. 157 to 101 against the Trailblazers, and they hit um, – 27 threes in this game. Jesus. So, I mean, that, that just crazy way to end the season last night. They had four different players. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Moses Moody, and Jordan Poole all had uh, above 20-plus uh, points. So Jesus. I was, just want to kind of shout that out. And then, uh, <laughs> now going back to the Lakers and the Timberwolves, uh, the Timberwolves also ended the season with a lot of drama. I don't know if you guys saw, but Rudy <laughs> Gobert. And Kyle Anderson. Yeah, yeah. And Kyle Anderson literally got into a, a fight on the sideline. They were kind of arguing, and, well, I guess it didn't really escalate to a fight as much as Rudy Gobert kind of just threw a, a punch at Kyle Anderson <laughs> and like, he hit him and like it was obviously the players didn't really let it the team their teammates didn't really let it escalate more than that but mm-hmm. as a Lakers fan that's kind of that's kind of <laughs> beautiful to see going into the playing <laughs> tournament because it's a one and done series so I mean I, I honestly think that the Lakers would be able to beat the the Timberwolves anyway they're just playing really good basketball right now I think they have definitely the best record in the west after since the um trade deadline and all-star break and yeah. i think the second best record overall behind the bucks um so this second half of the season they definitely turned it on they were they've been fighting for these playing these playing spots the they're only in the, i feel like the one reason they're even in the this turn this position is because they kind of relaxed against the uh, Houston Rockets and dropped a game against them where they yeah. rested LeBron where well, LeBron was hurt and then they rested Anthony Davis and kind of dropped a game they really needed to win 
as well as the the next game against Paxton Mavericks, where they <laughs> let um, well they let uh, Maxi Kleber hit a, uh-huh. a buzzer beater three pointer to beat them. So that, that was a, that was a tough loss. But other than those two games throughout the throughout the second half of the season, they've been playing really good basketball. Austin Reeves is playing a great with LeBron being back and getting back in his groove, and just all the the um, additions at the trade line and the biggest. Really, the biggest component is, and what's going to be the biggest component going forward is Anthony Davis. If he can continue to be mm-hmm. as dominant as, as he has been, like I've been saying, it feels like every time we come on the episode and talk about the Lakers, I say that he has to be dominant. And then the next game they play, if he goes off for 30 plus points and double digit rebounds, they win the game. And if he only has like 15 points and a couple, they lose. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that just. It's it's all behind. It's kind of at this point in LeBron's career, he's not supposed to be the one who is carrying the team. So it's it's supposed to be resting on Anthony Davis's shoulders. And so here we are. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have too much to share, but I thought what was interesting this morning is that uh, Paul George is actually going to be out. Uh, it's un, it's not uh, been disclosed like how long he'll be out, but he's definitely going to miss that first game in that Sun series, which has you know got a lot of title cont- uh, contenders in it. I mean, obviously both those teams are very pot committed right now, and they're very committed to winning a championship. And unfortunately, one of these teams is going to be out after the first round. So, I mean, it's going to be very interesting to watch. And then the Warriors <laughs> also got kind of lucky. I think they play the Kings, and I mean, I'm a I'm a King supporter now after what's happened this season. I've been a King supporter since this season has started. Yeah, but after seeing last night, I watched literally just the highlights of just the first quarter, and wow, like wow, the Warriors are just you know they still in their their form, and Clay Thompson's just you know no dribble shooting threes, just draining them, and Steph Curry is like. He's he's still shooting at a, an efficient rate, but his passing is on Already another level right shooting. now. Yeah, so I mean, it's awesome to watch, and I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see which teams don't make it out of the first round. Yeah, looking over at the uh, Lakers game, I'll get ready to finish it up here. I don't think the Timberwolves have a chance, especially with uh, <laughs> what they just went through. Rudy Gobert, we don't even know if um, he'll be if anything will happen with him. Maybe the team will do something, maybe they won't. But then they lost J.D. McDaniels because he decided to punch a wall, and the wall never gives. So <laughs> that's already two players down. And then the Lakers are red hot. So walls have to be undefeated. Against, <laughs> uh, they got never lost a fight. Yeah, I don't remember the last time a. A player beat a wall, but I mean, it wasn't in this case unless it's a, a wall that's easily breakable, but not in this case. So I got the Lakers, and we'll see who can weather the storm in the NBA playoffs. And speaking of the weather, I got the weather right here. It is 67 degrees outside with a high of 74, a low of 56. We have a 30% chance of rain from 12 to 7 p.m. Hopefully it doesn't affect tonight's UT game, but I'm sure no matter what, everybody's going to go out and they're going to be loud. So looking forward to tonight and whatever San Marcos has in store today. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of sports festivities going on this week. But I want to thank you guys for joining us here for this Monday edition of Bobcat Radio. Be sure to tune in to KTSW 899 later on tonight for the call for Texas State versus the UT, uh, for against the UT Longhorns. I'm your host, Kobe Jackson. With me on the board is Joy Gonzalez and my lovely co-host, Orlando Smart and J.P. Flanagan. Hope you guys have a wonderful Monday afternoon or Monday day, I should say. Have a good day, everybody. And now let's get you back to the other side of radio. <laughs>